0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spore the Warning Podcast. This is review number 685 with our review of Dear Evan Hansen. I'm Christopher Shnesy.
1: And I'm Stephen Miller.
0: And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spore the Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a streaming platform near you Um, this week. I'm sure you've probably heard about this film called Dear Evan Hansen um, based on the Broadway musical. Yeah. And, uh, and it seems like it's being widely panned by most people who have seen it oh yeah at least the only people that like i have heard talking about the film have not talked about it positively the
1: why they critically um abhorred i would say
0: <laughs> um well we decided since it is available on uh pr- was it this was premium vod right i think i spent 20 bucks to watch this damn movie yeah. um Yeah. So it's available now. If you want to, if you want to put your hard earned money towards something fun, um, (laughs) you can do anything or you can watch Dear Evan Hansen. Um, I think Stephen texted me this weekend and uh, he requested that we do a little little, something a little different with this episode. And uh, I am game for it. So, this is just going to be full blown spoiler episode um as soon as we play the trailer, we will be in- sp- spoiler territory. We're only going to talk about the whole movie um giving things away, so be prepared for that, but are, are you're, you're still up for that right stephen
1: yeah, yeah, totally
0: okay, cool. so it should be fun. Had you known anything about this before people started to hate on it? <sighs>
1: um, before wide hate yes so so basically. Earlier this year, I knew a Dear Evan Hansen movie was coming out. And on, I think, Little Gold Men, Richard Lawson was referencing, like, when people realize what this show is actually about, they are not going to like it. (laughs) And I was like, that is intriguing. I want to learn more. So maybe a month or two ago, I listened to the uh, Broadway soundtrack on Spotify to try to get a sense of it. And so from that, I learned what the show was. And also I both understood why this could be completely fucked up as a movie and also really liked a lot of the songs. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was a weird preparation going into the movie. Um, and it led to a morbid curiosity. Like, I will fully admit, I was not going into this because I'm like, Chris, I bet this movie is going to be great. I was like, now I have to know what the fuck they did. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: I mean, you, you, were clear, you were clear from the start that that's what it was about. It was like, we have to get in on this hate.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or unpack it. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe we'll find something to love about it.
0: We, we could be the two defenders. We could. In the universe. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, everyone needs someone to reach out their hand and, you know, pull him up when he falls from a not very high tree.
0: (laughs) I mean, hey, as somebody who has broken my collarbone twice, you can fall from less than your own height and break a bone.
1: (laughs) Yep. So had you known anything about it prior? Like, did you dig in to learn the plot? So I knew
0: nothing about this film until... I think until we were potentially going to see it at a festival. Because um, mm-hmm. I remember I, I didn't really know anything about it. And I think while we were trying to pick things for our short list for maybe it was Toronto, um, you had said people are definitely going to be talking about this one. So we should think about it. And I think I might have watched a trailer mm-hmm. around then just to see what we'd be potentially getting into. And then yeah. we we didn't get to see it at that festival because it wasn't available to us and uh then i sort of just stopped because i wasn't going to go to theaters to see it for sure um so it kind of just put it out of my mind but then i when i was scrolling through itunes to see all the new things that we could catch up on it i was like hey look tatan's finally available and i was like oh cool i'm your man is now available and then i was like oh look dear evan hansen is available (laughs) and then it became just like a like a dare we had to see it
1: I just loved that I was able to watch this the same weekend as Dune. Like two, two and a half hour movies back to back at home. <laughs> just felt good.
0: Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, what do you say we get into this,
1: Steven? Let's do it.
0: And of course, before we get started, we wanted to mention that the film Dear Evan Hansen deals with the subject of suicide, and it would be impossible to talk about this film without mentioning that topic repeatedly and throughout the episode. So please keep that in mind as you proceed. Here's the trailer for Dear Evan Hansen, and then we're going to come back and give you a spoiler-filled review. Dear Evan Hansen, today is going to be an amazing day, and here's why.
1: Have you been doing those letters to yourself with Dr. Sherman? I've been trying to. Have you ever felt like nobody was there um no one signed your cast
0: now we can both pretend we are friends I'm sorry about my brother
1: have you ever felt forgotten in the middle of nowhere
0: I wish everything was different wish I was part of something wish that anything I said mattered
1: have you ever felt like you could disappear Dear you Hansen. yeah yeah that's mine I'll, I'll, I'll just take it wait I really I need that back you could fall and no one here, Connor took a letter from me, and it was an assignment
0: from my therapist. Ew. Even when the dark comes crashing through, Connor's mother and stepfather are here to see you. When you need a friend to carry you, Connor wanted you to have this. And when you're broken on the ground, dear Evan Hansen, he wrote it to you. His last words Connor took his own life. I didn't write this. No, no, no. Please. It's this. You will be found. No, we didn't think Connor had any friends. <sighs> Am you really gonna tell these people that the only thing they have left of their son is a letter that you wrote to yourself? So, you and Connor, tell us something, please. Right. Um, I started talking. And you couldn't stop. They didn't want me to stop. I'm putting together a memorial service. If you wanted to do something, Connor showed me that, that I wasn't alone. Nobody is. So let that lonely feeling wash away. Maybe there's a reason to believe you'll be okay.
1: I didn't know that you were hurting. Because
0: when you don't feel strong enough to stand. A lot of people feel like us. You can reach, reach out your hand. People started sharing it. It's everywhere. I don't understand what happened. You
1: did. You don't
0: know how much you've given my family and me.
1: Were you ever actually friends with him?
0: I never meant to make it such a mess. I was trying to help if you knew who I am just how broken I am I already know you and I love you You I have to tell them Dear Evan Hansen, is the story of a young boy who is, you know, doesn't have any friends except for his one, uh, I forget the term he uses for like family friend. Um, Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's struggling. He is on a lot of medications. He's very, very nervous. Can't really talk to people. And um, he has been assigned by his therapist to write letters to himself about how his days are going. And one day... He writes a letter to himself, and another troubled kid in the school picks up the letter, thinks he's making fun of him, him, and uh, takes his own life. And the community around sort of ends up swelling onto Evan Hansen, thinking that Evan Hansen was the one friend that this guy has, and that the letter he had written to himself from his therapist uh, was actually, in fact, Connor writing it to him and uh yeah it's sort of about the fallout as he continually builds more and more lies to try to convince everybody that they were great friends and they had an amazing relationship um yeah so steven miller what did you think of this film
1: ah so all front load the obvious uh this is not good (laughs) this movie is not (laughs) a good movie um I'll front load more obvious stuff. The plot of the movie carried over from the Broadway musical is profoundly reckless in the way it handles depression and mental illness and suicide. Um, There is a song in this movie called No Requiem where three members of a family sing about how their recently departed Connor was a monster and no one weeps when the monster is like gone like th- this mo- it, it is amazing some of the things that the original Broadway show did and got forgiven because in a Broadway context, I guess people feel things deeply and are willing to like i i don't know it it there are things that are perplexing to begin with about the Broadway show that anyone thought this would work. Um, yeah. I will grant that completely, and I think any attempt even in a good faith this movie makes to deal with mental health, it is doing so in a wildly extreme way that does more harm than good. Um, yeah. Now, my hot take is this movie, while not a good movie, it I don't think it was a disaster. I think this could have been a b b minus relatively easily if not for the fucking insane way it was edited um that is my feeling is that the raw material even with so here's the things working against the movie ben platt they wanted to keep the guy who played evan hansen in broadway seven years ago eight years ago whatever so now he looks like you know steve buscemi pretending to be an (laughs) undercover high school student um He does not look, no matter whatever de-aging they try to do, he does not look like a high schooler, and that is weird. I'll grant that. Um, The premise of the show, of a guy pretends to have been friends with a character that commits suicide, and then we make a musical around that, deeply troubling, difficult to get right. Um, There's lots of stuff working against it, but I think all of that could have been mostly okay if the movie didn't jump between tones in such a wild way that it does. Um, like, some some examples. In the show, and even listening to the soundtrack of the movie on Spotify, there are songs in isolation that I find moving. Like, the lyrics aren't always great, but um, the banger in this show is waving through a window. Um, if you haven't seen it, you should see the performance on Late Night with Seth Meyers that the cast did of Waving Through a Window back when the Broadway show came out. Like, it, it is good and it's impressive. Like, Ben Platt's voice goes into so many different ranges and he's able to, like, be this stuttering guy one second and then singing two seconds later and then stuttering again and singing. it. It is very impressive. Yeah. This movie shits that song out in like the first few seconds it is like okay we're singing the song now and we are pairing the song with just visuals of this dude walking around over and over again through high school um and i feel like the movie keeps doing that where it takes what could be emotional moments and it just decides to cross-cut it with the least interesting shit on the planet um And I think the biggest moment that this movie fails is there is a sequence when the Murphy family, Connor's parents, are talking to Evan Hansen and he decides to concoct this story. He decides to talk about how he was so close to Connor. He tells a story about going to an orchard and climbing a tree. Um, That scene, I think, despite being kind of dumb, got me emotionally a little bit i was like okay this guy's singing about seeing the light and everything i can see how this movie might work i can see where it could take me like two minutes later it is a joking dancing sequence between him and fake connor singing about like how like they (laughs) were best friends
0: the dear evan hansen (laughs) Hansen song it's fucking great it is so good (laughs) it's a great song and it is
1: wildly fucked up.
0: <laughs> it is wildly fucked up, but it is the most fun I think this film has, which is intercutting between two people's telling of one event mm-hmm. and like constantly restarting that sentence of like, no, it was like this, no, it was like this. I love yeah. that song, it was so no, great.
1: I- Yeah, I I think the song is great when you remember that you are seeing not only a person who committed suicide and the person who is lying about his suicide, but that you are watching it moments after watching the grieving family tear up hearing a story like I. but, But that is the kind of cut where I think if you had five minutes in between those, if you had some glue, some transition that properly said, look, we know this character is a piece of shit now let's dive into all the ways high schoolers dig themselves deeper into a hole. Here's this fun, wacky song about like the preposterous lie that he's telling. Like, I think the glue could have made this movie way better. Um, because I think at its heart, what the movie is about that I think is interesting in principle is not just what do you do when you have done something unforgivable, but what do you do when you've done something unforgivable that you can't even fucking explain why you did it? Like you did an unforgivable thing just because you did, because you're awkward and high school is confusing and you want to feel like you fit in and like you have dug yourself into this impossible hole because no one could possibly understand why you would have done that. So you're trapped. Um, I think that could have been the way the movie feels. And instead I think it's mostly a shit show because it doesn't give us enough real high school emotion to latch onto. Instead, it just keeps showing Evan climbing a fucking tree over and over again. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I have, I I, I have more to say, but that, that is kind of my feeling is that there is a version of this movie with the same fucked up plot, the same actors, the same everything that is like not great, but is like, okay, that was like, you know, it got me in the heartstrings and it was a little tone deaf in places, but it got me, it got me good. And I think instead the pacing of this movie and what visuals they choose to pair different storylines with just make it be way more bewildering than it has to be.
0: Yeah. Um, so, so I'll get this out of the way first. Uh, I think across the board, the music in this film is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like I, the like this movie is trash. But I kind of didn't care for the whole two hours because I loved, I loved all the songs. Mm. When you actually think about what's being sung versus what's being shown, yeah, it's super weird and super fucked up. But I think the music is just like, like you talked about like the, the, one, the one real banger. I think like across the board, they're just all bangers. Like it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Oh, I
1: think there's a bunch of bangers. I just yeah, think like for my money, the ace in the hole is waving through the window.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which is like the opening of him going to school
1: yeah like yeah, yeah. i think the movie squanders it i think in the movie it could not possibly be the highlight but i think in the broadway show it is the highlight
0: in in the movie they want him on stage at the assembly to be the yeah. highlight um mm-hmm. i still think dear heaven hansen is the highlight. <laughs>
1: no just kidding See, i believe that i believe the highlight is this kind of uh grand finale words fail when he's trying to explain for the first time what he did to the Murphy family at the end when he comes clean and in the process it cycles through kind of revisits a bunch of the other songs and that like if you just listen to that on the soundtrack Platt fucking nails that song (laughs) yeah and I
0: think in general in musicals like that that return that kind of cross cuts a bunch of the Mm -hmm. songs is always like always rad especially if they do it well my, my my big preference is when it's multiple people singing and they're all singing their own song but it's the same song that's that's why yeah. i love it that this film is missing that i think um mm. but in general that's my favorite but anyways getting back to the story um so i man i, I should dig up my text that i sent you but like i i text you at the halfway point, at the place where Dune ended um, in this film. And I was like, how is there still a movie left? In any other movie, this would be the end of the movie. I know there has to be a fall coming, but like I couldn't have... In my wildest dreams, I couldn't have guessed that how things would play... Or exactly how these things would play out. But I I think what this film... the, The problem is this film doesn't understand... I mean, which is crazy to say because it's an adaption of a thing that already should have understood what it was doing, but it doesn't understand the space that it's actually playing in it. Like by the end of the film, we know that this is a person who was going to kill himself, instead breaks his arm, then has one not great encounter with another person who seems to have killed himself where the last straw was the Dear Evan Hansen letter so it's like he is the cause, like, he wanted to take his own life. Instead, he caused somebody else to take their life. Um, and then he started to follow the family and, and like, try to make up this world for them. So that's already a really strange premise. The Then when it gets weird is all of these songs are love songs. And, mm. like you stand back and just listen to these songs this is a person talking about a person they love so he is he is now like fabricating this like slightly erotic relationship with a person who has taken their own life and he just wants to fuck that guy's sister (laughs) but then the way he's getting with the sister is singing songs where the brother seems to be in love with his sister (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know
1: The Broadway show uh, makes it even more clear. They changed it a little bit in the movie. In the Broadway show, in, like, the second verse of that song where he's talking about all the ways, like, if I could tell her how wonderful she is. In in the Broadway one, he goes, like, he thought, you looked really pretty. uh, uh, I mean, it was pretty cool when you did. (laughs) And they took it out of the movie because, I guess, having, like, 27-year-old Ben Platt or whatever singing it to a high schooler was too creepy.
0: Yeah, but it just—it's—it's it's incredibly strange the way this film plays with the pretend relationships that are there and the real relationships that are forming, and it's not addressing that in any way. Like it—it's it, as if the film doesn't see it, and nobody else. Mm-hmm. Like there's this, there's literally like a scene where like the family's just listening to him sing about like how he was in love with with their son and nobody even goes like, is that why my son felt different is like, you know, like nobody, nobody sees any connection there to anything. Right. Um, and it's just, it's just weird to to, to see this film play with like everybody's relationships and not really get like understand the ramifications of what their words actually mean in those situations or what they're implying. Um, then there's the fact that like the fall, doesn't happen like so what i what i thought like in the scene where evan sends his letter the photograph of his letter to the other girl who's running the program the the whatever connor program right we just watched her spend 10 minutes explaining how she's also in therapy she also is on a bunch of medications i was like okay he's gonna send the letter she's gonna read it and go like i've done the same thing in therapy i know what this is and that that was the inciting event that was going to, like, make things come out, right? But no, what it turns out is when she posts the letter, people get mad that the family's rich and they can't pay for the thing. I already thought they were going to go to the family and get that money anyways, because the family's the one that cares about the fucking orchard. They're rich. Yeah. Why don't they just pay the rest of the money? And here's the thing, too. 20 minutes before that, they tried to offer evan hansen a bunch of money to go to college and his mommy said he can't take that money so they had already set aside like tens of thousands of dollars
1: it would make it would make way more sense if they just paid for the orchard and that was the end of it yeah so this is one thing that um my i haven't seen the broadway show i've only read the wikipedia and listened to the soundtrack of it um in the broadway version of it I believe the family still receives some hate when the letter is leaked because I believe the let I forget the text of the Dear Evan Hansen letter. But I think it implies like I can't talk to my family. No one understands me. Um, yeah. So like- that causes hate. Um, but in the show, Evan Hansen never does that. Like I'm going to record myself on Instagram telling the truth about what happened yeah. and then later revisit this like in the show that just happens and they have him go away quietly and that's the end like it, it is just over gotcha. and I think in one sense the movie tried to do it better because the movie tried to be like he is going to have to really have a come to grips moment where he steps into the sun and tells people all the horrible things about him and has his like eight mile moment where he like he he reveals all of his vulnerability, and that is how he ultimately succeeds. Um, I th- I get why the movie wanted to do it. I think it makes it worse because it puts it in a world that doesn't fit with the world we've been watching well, <laughs> un- until now.
0: The thing that's crazy to me about that situation, though, like where I was like going with that sort of like <laughs> rant, is that. This film is a film where people are using Instagram, but don't seem to understand how the internet works. Like, Mm. there is no way with one 10 second clip, he could go like, hey, don't hate the family. I did everything. I'm the monster. And he wouldn't become the target of all those people who are mad, right? I feel more people would be upset with him and come after him like, right. internet-wise, which doesn't seem to be happening. He, like, he sort of just, like, logs off and never checks Instagram again and, like, gets to go just have his own life and do his own thing.
1: Like if, I mean, I, I think he is hated and he just decides not to look anymore. That's kind of what I think the movie wants us to believe.
0: But, like, his worst punishment is he eats he eats lunch alone while he reads a book at school. Like, yeah. nobody comes after him. Nobody does anything. Nobody... Like, I I just feel like the, the reaction to that would be way worse. But then on top of all this, the film does not deal with the fact that it doesn't want to even touch the idea of his reasons were bad. The message he communicated actually was beneficial to people around the world and did good. And then now that he came clean, it destroys all of that, right? Like, like all those people pretend people who are like, Oh my God, this video changed my life. That video did change their life. And now it should just be like, well, I don't want the family who's rich to be like people who bet at them to just take that from all those people all over the world without any, like, I I, I feel like this film brings up so many topics that are worth talking about. Like is, Mm -hmm. is a lie that benefits so many people actually a purely evil thing or, if it, or is it like, should he have just gone with it and just waited until no one cared anymore and then just went away? Like, like I, I don't know. It, it just doesn't seem to deal with the fact that like actual true tangible good came from that speech he gave. And the fact that it's a lie doesn't change the sentiment of what he was saying. And I'm not saying that he he's it's okay that he did everything he did. I'm just saying that like the film isn't even bringing up the question about like, does something have to be true to be meaningful? Because every film we watch that touches us is complete bullshit because it's all made up, mm-hmm. right? Like, it, it just seems, I don't know, it, 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 it seems that like there could be interesting dissection of what this film did, but the film isn't interested in that. It's just interested in having some amazing songs with, like, a weird-ass scenario around it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, to me, the biggest flaw here, other than the fact that Ben Platt looks fucking weird, and instead of filming anything interesting, we're just looking at his face from different angles <laughs> for, like, 90% of the movie. <laughs> um, like, like, it kind of felt like this one to be Les Rob, where it's like, look, it's as if we're free singing all of this live in front of the camera, and you're just in the middle of a musical, but then they had nothing interesting to shoot. Yeah. Um, but anyway, aside from that, the key problem with maybe the musical too, I don't know, but certainly the movie is... That pivotal speech, the scene that you imagined, like, how is this not the end of the movie? This should be the climax, you know, when you were texting me. Um, I don't get why that speech is meaningful at all, because all we are privy to is this very banal story about how, like, I climbed a tree and fell down and this guy like picked me up. Um, I don't we are told that, like, oh, my God, it's going viral and people are sharing it and it moved everyone. I I think Ben Platt is great in it, like the the degree to which he is nervous and can't speak and then becomes more confident as the song goes on, I think is done very well. I don't understand the reality of the world that this supposedly what it meant. Why do people care if he and Connor were actually climbing a tree together or not? Like the core story that the project is based on doesn't make sense to me as being a thing that would move people.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's not, it's, it's one of those simple story. It's basically a chicken soup for the soul type of story, Mm -hmm. right? Where it's like, you feel like you are completely alone, but then it's when the worst thing actually happens, you realize that there is somebody there who will be there to send their hand to you and help you. It's like a, it's like a hope. It gets better type of message, right? It's not a, it's not a profound statement on the meaning of life and being alive. It is, it is just a, a pure, like, like, you may feel like no one cares about you, but there are people who care about you. And when you are tested, you will see that they are there. Like it's,
1: yeah, the, the, if I forget Connor existed and I forget that this is a memorial for him, I get that sentiment, you know, that like you will be found. Like I get why people would want to like, you know, wave their lighters and, you know, enjoy being seen and being found and not being alone. Um, the story he claims to be telling is: my friend and I, <laughs> together, went and climbed a tree. I fell down, and he l- reached out and pulled me. It would not be a surprise that he reached out and helped him up if he is your friend that you took to a tree with you. Yeah, yeah. It, it, like, there is no emotional twist there that is meaningful to people. And and, and the funny thing too is, there's
0: a really simple way. To fix all of the lies and make it just a tiny little white lie and have all of his stories remain relatively the same and not make up that they have a whole past that requires them having emails, right? Connor, who loves this foresty area, the the orchard, could have just been doing his orchard thing, could have looked up, seen a guy he doesn't know on a tree fall off and could have run over and helped him up they he They could have not known each other for more than however long he's been in the cast, and it could still be just as impactful to him and It could be like this is who this guy was, you thought he was this loner, but he was somebody who saw the world, and when somebody was in need, he would go out and help them like like he, he can do yeah. all the things he wants, and the only lie is where he was <laughs>
1: right. right like 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 exactly the lie of them being great friends. I don't understand how that helps the Connor Project, which is just what I find very bizarre about this whole endeavor.
0: He he was already lying about them being best friends before the Connor Project became a thing, right? So it's kind of like, he's just, he can't now be like, well, I don't give any fucks about that guy because I don't even know him.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It Like, to me, it's just the amount of times we watch, like, fucking Berenstain Bear, Evan Hansen, or whatever, like Park Ranger, <laughs> Evan Hansen, climb a tree and fall out of the tree or like, look up at the sky from the tree. It just blows my mind in this movie. Like, I don't know how meaningful that was supposed to be that we keep revisiting it over and over. I get the reveal that it was a suicide attempt, a, a very bad suicide attempt.
0: <laughs> the, so, the funniest thing in the entire movie, the thing that kind of is really the worst crime for me ever, is that... He really only has the one story. Like, the one story yeah. is, like, we were climbing on the tree and then we fell. And their parents tell us more stories. Well, there was one time where we were talking about how we were climbing a tree and then we fell. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like everything just goes back to the one time that they hung together. We really
1: love climbing that tree. <laughs> yeah.
0: like, like, I'm surprised that when the, the Connor Project the 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 girl in charge of the connor project is like did you even really know him i'm surprised that was the first time anybody asked that and i'm surprised (laughs) that it wasn't his sister who was the first person to to ask it like it's just crazy to me
1: yeah yeah so i do want to say like i think the cast tries their damnedest to salvage this movie um for like caitlin Dever, i'm just a sucker i think she's great in like pretty much everything i think she is a very believable high schooler even though she is also not very close to high school age anymore um i like her in this a lot i think julianne moore is really good she has a good kind of song toward the end that she sings with evan that you know got me a little feeling some feels um amy adams i don't know. i feel bad for her and what movies she's choosing to be in in the last few <laughs> years i feel i feel sad that she didn't get a more rich part here but um her like part that. was
0: rich steven that was part of the problem towards the end of the movie
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: <laughs> if she wasn't doing those twenty thousand dollar a week yoga classes they could have bought the orchard
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know i'm i find this movie bewildering i just feel like people were shitting on it as if it were cats, as if it were, like, the most shockingly awful train wreck dumpster fire you could ever create. And I feel like it is bad, but and the reasons it's bad are a little bewildering, but it isn't like every frame of the movie is bad. Like, the songs are good, and the arc, I get what it's trying to do, and I think, like, the problem is the line between... Evan Hansen having a redemptive arc that feels cheap and stupid and undermines the Connor project versus Evan Hansen being a high schooler who is grappling with his emotions and has to come to terms with the hardest thing he's ever had to come to terms with is like, you feel one way or another depending on how the movie sells it. And I think this movie, just in the way that it is paced, doesn't let you feel... The way it thinks you should feel and I think it does a disservice to the people who are trying really hard, but I don't think it is like unsalvageable. I just think it like Made some real weird choices in the editing room and I think that fucked it up a lot.
0: Yeah So there's one thing that is like it's wrapped up in the problems of this film, but it's also like the sort of secret genius of this film um, which I like I kind of I kind of like the idea of what it's doing. So I already talked about how like Evan Hansen actually does Help people emotionally like he is his lies are weighing on him It kind of twists later because he sort of becomes a rock star <laughs> He's just like, everybody loves him. But like, for the most part, it's weighing on him, but he is actually helping other people deal with their grief and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. the the, the secret genius of this film is, when it starts, Evan Hansen is the only person in a musical. And there is sort of this uh, Pleasantville thing happening, where think of the people who are not singing as being black and white. And as Mm -hmm. he sort of touches other people... They yep. they become color and begin to sing and tr- singing, yeah. join the chorus and like there is something really interesting about that it only goes so many rows deep um, you know mm. uh, but I mean like literally the first person he interacts with is is Connor and then yep. even though it's imaginary Connor does get to sing right <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then no, from you, there no, it, be- yeah, you're right. it becomes the family. And then it's the sister and then the last person is like his mom, but the, before the mom it's it's the the girl for them from the Connor project and it's like these people who he helps open up or at least deal yeah. with their emotion begin to sing in the way that he sings and it's like he he lets them Sing and, and be happy and It's just like a thing that it's like a virus that spreads but like a good virus Like I I like yeah. I like that that is happening um And it it could have gone like full bore where at the end of the film, like the entire school is singing and stuff like that. Like it it, it could have been interesting. Um,
1: Yeah, I think the only violation of that, because I like that principle too, the only violation is the like no Requiem song that the family sings about Connor when they're still in a dour place and not forgiving him. Because that is the one time where they're singing is not an outpouring of, look, I now see the world. I've been touched by Evan Hansen, but just a, a song for the sake of a song. And the Broadway show kind of fucks that up, too, because in the Broadway show, I believe the opening number is a song the moms sing and not anything Evan does. But gotcha. they cut that in the movie.
0: Yeah. But still, timing-wise, even the Requiem, No Requiem song still works. Sure. Right? It's like his conversation causes them to sing. It's, yeah. it's them at least dealing with their emotion in a strong way. So it's not a complete break. Yeah, it's no. just emotionally, it's a different type of song.
1: No, you're right. I, I do think... I forget if I said this already, because You Will Be Found is probably like, you know, the the stage song that he sings. Uh, That was probably the hit song off Broadway. I think that one is like relatively weak among them. I think that sounds like 50 other songs, uh, including I was joking before the I'm fucking Ben Affleck song. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, I feel like I had one more thing I was going to say, but I don't remember. Oh, I remember to me. So this movie doesn't go deep anywhere. And to be fair, even the lyrics of the songs that I like don't go deep either. They're all like there's a little bit of a cliche. Though I do think if you're falling in a forest and there's nobody around, did you ever really crash or even make a sound? Like there's some things that are good pop song lyrics. Yeah, oh, yeah, they're I it's all it. pop
0: songs, but I mean it's yep. still still fucking great.
1: <laughs> but the the way it tries to dig into real things, like the anonymous ones, you don't have to be alone anymore, is all very generic. And to me, what summed it up more than anything else was in a montage when Evan Hansen's um, I Climbed a Tree and Somebody Helped Me Up speech is going viral, a person says, like, like, we we have to remember we're not alone, especially now with everything you hear on the news. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's I the have- end of the thought. <laughs> especially now with everything you hear on the news <laughs> it that that that
0: could have been it could have been one of those things where like fans of the musical like on some facebook page or whatever were like told to make a video yeah. like it could have been one of those things where like i that, would believe it like a person wrote that themselves
1: because they thought that would sound good um yeah i hope that was a real like bullied high schooler and this was their one moment <laughs>
0: All right, that was fun when I tried to stop the recording before rating. So here we go. <laughs> Stephen Miller, it is time to let the world know what you thought of this film. If you're going to give us a must-see and record with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it?
1: So I am giving this a pass with a caveat. I'm not going to go all the way to must-avoid. On Letterboxd, I gave this a probably generous, but two stars out of five. Probably should have done one and a half. But he, my pros for this movie, my caveats are, I think the music is great. And I think the movie does the music well. Most of the songs, it does them proud. I had multiple times where I felt kind of teared up, even though I was angry at the movie, because I was like, how is this still fucking working on me? Like, you know, (laughs) when the plot is this bad and you are handling it so poorly, why am I still feeling emotional when Julianne Moore sings to her son? Um, But it has enough of those that I think the heart is there and i think the music is catchy and it was stuck in my head for like days after i watched this movie um but also it handles the material very badly and the directing is anemic and i think the pace makes no sense and it cuts between serious and joking tones in a way that just does a disservice to any attempt at making this be a real movie about depression um but i think the heart is there and i don't think it's an easy movie to hate it's more like a misstep that could have been prevented so people giving it like zero stars or whatever, I think they're just being edge edgelords. I don't think this is that bad. It just, <laughs> I get why people would hate it because it is being very reckless with a very serious idea, but I don't know. I think it just was poorly done, but it has value in pop songs. I am also going to
0: give it a pass to the caveat. Um, as I said at the top music in this film is great. Even when I was rolling my eyes at what the film was doing, my eyes were rolling back forward again (laughs) because Mm -hmm. I was enjoying the music. I was never bored with this film. I was just like surprised by their decision to do what it is that they do in this film and not deal with all the interesting things that they're bringing up accidentally as they handle this plot as it is. Um, Whenever like I didn't have the the age problem that you had with with Ben Platt. Like I just like. He he has the physicality of a high schooler, right? Like he mm. he is he is convincingly acting as a high schooler, so I don't care that he's yep. older than a high schooler. It it still totally worked for me. And whenever he's the only person on screen, this film is executing perfectly. Like it is it is nailing that, right? The problem is that when he is interacting with other people in the context of what the story is, that's when the film gets goes bad. <laughs>
1: So <laughs> Yeah, I do want to say, I don't think in a vacuum the age is a problem for me. I think if the movie were working otherwise, the age would blend in. Because he is emoting as an awkward high schooler well. Yeah. Um, the problem is when the movie doesn't work, all of the flaws are obvious. And when it doesn't work and I see like this kind of monstrous person just singing at a family who's crying. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Then I see a, you know, almost 30 year old man (laughs) screaming at a family who's huddled in the corner. And if it were executing well, I wouldn't care. And I only notice when it's failing.
0: There's one more thing I did want to bring up. Um, I assume this is just a movie uh, thing, but if you have a wrist cast, I don't know how doctors actually do it, but I feel like you don't want to cut the cast open right at the underside of your wrist. Mm. Because if you were to cut too deep, that would be a mistake. You're probably not going to easily come. I mean, you're already in the hospital, so that's good. But it just like when they were cutting open his cast, it's like, is that really how they do it? Because that seems like. A bad decision.
1: <laughs> you know what's weird is I had um a wrist cast and I don't remember how they took it off.
0: <laughs> I assume like, it'd I be the back of the wrist, but like you know, Probably. not where all your major veins and stuff are. <laughs> yeah, but fair point. I don't know. I mean, you have veins on the back of your wrist. I don't know how. I don't know the best place to cut a cast. That's the point I'm trying to bring up. <laughs>
1: I also I do want to say point in the movie in the movie's revisionist attempt to make it better uh morally than the Broadway play um, they do have a montage at the end where he's learning about Connor's life and there's a song that Connor sings um, that doesn't exist in the Broadway play mm-hmm. at all. Connor never gets an interior life at all in the Broadway play. And I think that song is pretty sweet. And that is a good little grace note, even though I don't like that. It feels like it's redeeming Evan when he's really just did a horrible thing. And we should just be okay with that.
0: It's, but, it's also a good use of diegetic music too. Cause, right? Cause yeah. we, we are hearing it just as the movie song sung by right. somebody else. Right. Or is it yeah, actually yeah. Connor singing it?
1: Yeah. I think it's sung by, sung by Connor, but I'm not oh, okay. positive. But it, it, it's, like,
0: it's like a full studio version versus him yeah. in a room singing it. Um, so it's definitely... I, I like that transition of like, yeah, the movies are ending too. Like, oh, and now we're watching... Oh, we're watching the video of the thing that we were yeah. just listening to.
1: Also, I might be depressed because I'm pretty sure I've read all the books that were Connor's favorite books. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well,
0: that is going to do it for our review of Dear Evan Hansen. Um steve miller people want to find you throughout the week where can they do that
1: uh, i will be found <laughs> at twitter.com slash as david miller <laughs> or ask david miller.com
0: People can find me at com or twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at the where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. Um, if you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to get a whole, or if you want to know the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash spoil Facebook.com slash the warning or Instagram.com slash the warning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at the or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Dear Evan Hansen, so hopefully you're enjoying that. And, uh, yep, I already did my transition to the next episode <laughs> before I realized that the episode wasn't ending yet. So uh, I'll just say bye. So take care, everyone.
1: Bye.